0: Um, I going to have Jason come up. We, we have, um, we, C1NAS, long before I, I, I came to C1NAS, I think. How long has it been since you? It's been several years. All right, that's that's what we came up with. Uh, but Jason and Karen and his girls, uh, we love them. They, they, whenever we started our partnership with Honduras and the pastors there, Jason was our person that we went to and began to pardon. Two years, two years ago. Okay, two years, two years ago when we started our partnership, uh, Jason was very much a part of that process of of helping us find the area in Puerto Cortez that we're partnering with our pastors. At and uh, Jason and, and his family are with us this morning. And I just invited Jason to come just a couple moments here to, to share with us some exciting things, an update on things that are happening uh, within his ministry because I know it goes much uh, broader than Honduras. We'll take a few moments. Let's welcome Jason, Courtney, and his family to C1 NAS.
1: All right. Well, thank you. Um, Nathan asked me to share the last two years, a recap. I'm kidding, brother. <laughs> Um, an update from Honduras well I just saw you guys this year so last year so it was awesome to have you there in Puerto Cortez working on a wall around one of the churches Um, and I just received news um, this past week of three more projects that um, the zone those seven churches in Puerto Cortez recommended for you guys to come and help this year I'm hoping we're going to talk about that at lunch I hope Uh, but yeah so uh, Honduras Uh, we've been there since uh, 2013 Um, but this just last year Guatemala which is the field uh, office for Guatemala El Salvador Honduras Nicaragua they called us and said hey would you be interested in working with the field and not just in Honduras and I said why (laughs) because you know I love Honduras and they said well I'll tell you what what's happened over the last 10 years is Honduras has received 240 teams and I'm like wow that's pretty cool And El Salvador has received one over that same period of time. So what we wanna do is kind of give some love to El Salvador too as well. And then also we can't manage all of that on our own. So we'd love to have you come and help. I said, I got a problem with that though. I don't wanna leave Honduras. And they said, okay. I said, I have a new partnership with Columbus First and I think it's gonna be an awesome partnership. And that, this is not mission-speak, this is not church-speak, this is nothing, this is being truthful here, which I always am. Um, I I think you guys have something really cool going on in Portia Cortez, and I wanna stay with it, and I wanna go through with this, and I wanna see what God has in store for uh, the partnership that you have in Portia Cortez with those seven churches and Brian's ministry. Um, So uh, I said I would love to work, wherever I'm gonna work, but I wanna continue with this partnership that you guys have started. So, um, so yeah, that's the news. That's the new thing going on right now is that we're not just in Honduras, but we're working in all four countries as soon as Nicaragua opens up because it's kind of a turmoil right there right now. Um, so yeah, we're excited. Um, my wife couldn't be here today. She's kind of chilling, relaxing up in Noblesville, where I came from. And, uh, but I did bring my three girls, two are out there, and one's here. So I want to keep an eye on them back there mischievous Um, anyway I want to introduce Brian Um, it is my pleasure I never expected to do this here in Columbus Indiana introducing my good friend Brian and his family and Rena and their kids Um, Brian uh, had a call to Honduras back in the day He can share that with you I don't know what year it was Um, it's been 12 or 13 years now and uh, God has transformed that call into what he has today which is a ministry um, a vocational school for the community and for the people around the northern part uh, near Puerto Cortez and towards Guatemala to come in and learn skills and trades to take back and, and, you know, kind of teach a person to fish, not give them a fish, right? But there's more to it, it's not just a vocational school. It is much, much more than that. And I can't wait for him to share that with you guys. But uh, God has been using his ministry to call people to him through the ministry. And um, I know it's been his dream for a long time. And God ha- is doing that now, and uh, he's got a phenomenal story. My favorite ministry in Honduras is Brian's. And again, I'm not just saying that because he's here, that is the truth. So, <laughs> Brian, come on up and share with him what you have in store, and uh, pray for him as he gets ready to, to give you the message.
2: Good morning. I'm a bit taller than they put it. There we go. Oh, it's so good to see everyone. My name is Brian, and my wife, I, I wanted to introduce my family to you. My wife is here, Rena. You want to stand so they can see you? And my, my mom is here next to her, Amy. My two kids are with Jason's family, Angeline and Nathanael. But we're really excited to be with you guys. Um, we've had the privilege of, of hosting C1 in the ministry, uh, I think, three times now. Uh, coming down with Jason and being able to meet us and, and being able to pray with you guys, um, and we love you even before we met you, so it's, it's, it's an honor and it's a privilege to be with you and to be able to share a little bit more, get to know uh, the rest of the family. Hi, family. And uh, but we've already felt a part here. Everyone's been treating us so well and so nice. and thank you, Melanie and Tom, for having us stay with you. And uh, anyway, I want to talk about Honduras, I guess. <laughs> And, um, sorry, I'm digressing. Did I go into that z- dead zone? Okay, there we go. Um, I was thinking, what can I share? And since it's my first time, I figured I should share the way that I got to Honduras. And I did go down to Honduras on work and witness trips, just like C1NAS has done. Uh, my church in California was doing the same thing. Uh, since 1999 just after Hurricane Mitch they decided to go down and they wanted to partner with one country and my mom was actually the first one to go she was the one that invited me she said you're gonna love this place I didn't even know where it was on the map and I said okay but I'll go you know if it's free I'll go I was you know poor college student and uh, so I went and it it radically changed me I thought this was amazing I had just recently studied abroad in, in Europe in Italy and went from Italy to Honduras completely different and uh, Italy was amazing and it also grabbed me but Honduras I just I couldn't get out of my head and I was a photographer at the time I kept going down taking thousands of pictures of the people uh, and just fell in love with them and didn't realize what God was doing was planting seeds in me all along because uh, this is where I was going to later live but um it was a process, so we went down, and Joel and I, my best friend Joel, we were both filmmakers, and in Puerto Cortez, on one of those trips, we went to the city dump, and they showed us a ministry there, and we couldn't believe that people even lived in a city dump, but they really lived, like, in the dump. I mean, their houses were here, there was a road, and then here's all the trash. And you couldn't really tell the difference between the trash and their house, because their houses were made out of the same material. and. Uh, And we did some interviews there thinking that we'd do a video for Work and Witness, which never happened. Um, But it got us thinking when we, after we graduated and we wanted to do something for the Lord, we were thinking about that place. And Joel just said, what's the story in the dump? Let's go film that. And without having a plan, without knowing really what we were getting into, we just said, okay, God, we're going down to Honduras for you. And we bought some tickets and contacted the people that we, could, we, we knew, which I think were two. One of them gave us a car so that we could drive around, and we just showed up in Puerto Cortez. And um, I was sharing with Tom last night, actually, because we, when we first went on the trip, God's hand was on it. You know, we had trouble at the airport. We couldn't get our, you know, all of our equipment down. And then God opened the door because we had Bibles in our bag and it just changed the attitude of the lady who was serving us, and she made it possible for all of her equipment to get down without charging us. And when we were on the plane or the night before, I don't remember, but Joel and I were thinking, what are we doing? Neither of us speak Spanish. How are we going to interview people? And we thought, well, it's too late now. You know, we're already on our way. God has to know, you know, something's got to happen. And when we showed up at our contact's house, he had an American there who was going to stay the exact time as our trip, She had been volunteering at a bilingual school. She was bilingual, and her last day was the day we arrived. And she goes, and I'm here for two more weeks. I really don't know why, and then I don't know what I'm going to do. And we went, you're here for two weeks. That's what we need. Can you translate? And so she helped us with the video. Um, And we just saw God's faithfulness, his hand, you know, doing things like that. Song that we were singing. My wife was just commenting how much that song impacted her. We've sung it before in the, in the ministry, but it's really the story of, of being a missionary. It's really the story of being a Christian, is that God is faithful and that he, keeps, he continues to be faithful. Um, you know, I think of the verse that Paul said. He said, if, if God didn't reserve giving you his son, how, how would you possibly imagine that he would reserve giving you anything else? I mean, he's given you everything, the maximum. So anything less than the blood of Jesus Christ, that's, that's a yes and amen uh, for us. And we've seen that over and over and over again in the ministry. Um, we started, we started, the, the documentary was meant to raise money. Uh, that's what Joel and I planned. We figured we would raise money for the technical school, um, not thinking that we would be di- directing it. And... Um, and we promoted that video everywhere. And we showed it for almost a year in different churches and different places thinking people are just going to see these kids in this dire dump situation. And, and, and it's going to be so easy, you know, to raise money. And it wasn't. Everybody just gave us a pat on the back and said, that's such, you know, good job, good documentary. And, and that was a school. Should I change? Sorry. Step. And, uh. And when we, were, when, when we came down to just being desperate, I remember that I read a verse in Matthew, Matthew 18:19. It said, where to agree on anything in my name and ask for it, I will do it. And that was the first time really, I mean, maybe not the first time because I know God was leading me before, but I mean, that verse just jumped out at me. And I'm thinking, can it be that easy? And then I'm thinking, well, I don't have anything else. And it, just, it seems so impossible to me, but that's what we did. And Joel and I prayed for $12,000, and we built our first building with the $12,000. We prayed for it, we agreed on it, and it happened. And we couldn't believe it. And then the next building, we did the same thing for $18,000. And then the third building, we thought, yeah, we got this. We know exactly how to, you know, get money. <laughs> and so we agreed for 24000 And we prayed for it for a specific day, we said, and we want it, God, on Joel's birthday. And I remember that Joel's birthday came and we didn't have any money, and we're like, oh, what happened? And we thought it, it, it failed, it didn't work, God failed or something, you know. And, it was, and we were just thinking, now we've got to, you know, fire all the crew, and we haven't even started the project yet. And, and then it turned out, as the days went on, we, we found out more information. God actually had given it to us on that day. On that day, a man said, I will give a matching donation up to uh, $12,000, yeah, $12,000 um, if you guys raise it. And my mom and Joel's mom called every single person in the church directory at our church and, you know, got permission from the pastor, and they were going to do a love offering for us the Sunday that was Joel's birthday. And they did the love offering. It was the largest love offering my church has ever had in 100 years. And it was, it was over $15,000. And we had everything we needed for that building. And, uh, and God's been faithful, and he, and he continues to be faithful. That first building, we actually have never used. Um, as soon as we built it, the city wanted it, and the city felt uh, that they were entitled to it because they had donated the property to the Nazarene Church. And the Nazarene Church leaders, trying not to uh, rock the boat with the city, they said, well, just give it to them, Brian and uh, you know, we'll loan it to them. And I'm thinking, this is a bad idea. I don't, I don't, I don't see how this loan's gonna work. And they did nothing in, in writing. It was all a verbal contract. And so we loaned the, the building to them and we haven't gotten it back. They, they ended up uh, putting the doors, they, they blocked up our side of the building where our doors used to be one day and they, turned and they put them on the other side. And I've never had keys and we've never been in that space. And in the beginning, that building was the source of all the attacks and all the strife and all the things that that Satan came against us with. Um, That was our our process through the fire. And I remember thinking, you know, there was a group of people that were against us. They wanted to see the ministry fail. They wanted to see our family fail. They wanted to see everything go wrong um, because they were envious. And they wanted what, whatever they thought we had, which at the time was nothing. And, uh, and I remember praying and asking God, you know, a thousand times. And I'm walking in, this, in, the, in the kitchen, and I'm going, God, what did I, you know, I haven't done anything to these people. These are the very people I'm trying to help. I don't understand why they're against me. I don't understand why they, they spread lies about me. I don't know why they, you know, they work so hard to destroy something that we're just trying to get started. And, uh, and I remember God finally placing in me one day. He said, I kept saying, just, you know, take them out. You know, send fire down on them. Do something. You know, those were kind of my types of prayers. And then one day God said, do you really want me to take out the very people that I'm using to form you? He said, they're the ones that I'm permitting so that you can have the character that I need for the ministry I'm trying to give you. And... I mean what do you say to God after that, right? And I thought, Wow. Because I'd never seen it that way before. I'd never seen my problems and my in my difficulties from that lens, from God's perspective. And God's perspective caused even more gratitude and more love in me for those people. That I started praying yeah, God, okay, if you want them, then yeah, bless them. <laughs> bless them to, you know, cause more damage. <laughs> and, uh, and it was when that shift happened that God literally just wiped, wiped it all clean. Uh, it, it, the problem was completely removed. And we never put our hands on it. We never had to defend ourselves or do anything. I mean, it just, it just resolved. Um, and here we are, literally 10 years later, and that same building, we, uh, I went to get a tax break from the mayor uh, because we pay taxes on that building that we never use. And I thought, well, he could probably lower our taxes a little. And when I walked into the office, the vice mayor said, well, why are we even on your property? And I told her a story. And she goes, do you want that building back? And I said, yes. And she said, well, write me a letter asking for it, and I'll do the rest. You know, we'll get the process going, we'll do an investigation to see if it's, if it's, uh, if it's a good idea to give you the building back, and then, and then we'll do it. And so this whole process is starting. We're almost at the end. And the same situation, almost the exact same people that we had ten years ago are now back again, trying to break down the ministry, trying to destroy everything that, is, that has gone on for ten years. And they're having a meeting actually today at this very moment uh, to talk about us. <laughs> and, um, and that song tells us God's faithful. And my wife was saying, we've already been here. We've already done this ten years ago. And ten years ago, they weren't able to, to move the ministry. Ten years ago, God decided this ministry is going to stay and this ministry is going to bless people. And, uh, and I believe that the, that same thing is going to happen today. I'm really not worried about it. I just think it's funny. I mean, we should bless them, right? We should pray for them. And, and I just, I hope, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen exactly, but it's just it, living with God, I believe, is, is more like an adventure, you know? It's like you get on the roller coaster, and I love roller coasters. And I don't know why I'm always praying for God to make life safe. If you're like me, I, I pray for God to make, make life safe. Make it easy. Make it comfortable. But that's like, that's the most boring life I think you could possibly live. I mean, we pray, you know, going to San Pedro, and I literally pray every time I go to San Pedro, traffic's terrible, and I'm praying, God, keep us safe, and and if you've seen our cars, I'm going, God, keep our car together, you know, and I actually pray that the wheels stay on and and everything else, and, uh, but you know, when the wheels come off and when it's exploded or when something happens, those are the stories I actually come home and tell. I'm like, hey, and then this happened, and then, and then God showed up. And, you know, and, if, and if we don't have those trials, and we don't have those circumstances, and we don't allow life to get uncomfortable, then we don't really need God. And God gets to step into those areas uh, because we're available. So I'd encourage you, step out, make life uncomfortable, uh, because that's when God's going to show up. And that's, that, those are the great stories. I don't know, I've always prayed, God, I don't want to... I said, let me get to be an old man and have all the stories, so, you know, I can just be a storyteller. And, uh, and so I need a lot more. But um, we started this ministry, and when we started it, it was uh, 35 students. We had three teachers, and we thought, this is good. And uh, the ministry actually had nothing. If you, I mean, you see it now, it's completely different. When it first started, we just had empty cement boxes. We had a mechanic class with no tools. I had a one uh, socket wrench set that was mine, and that's what I brought to the class. I said, maybe you can use it, and I gave it to the, <laughs> to our, our teacher, and he's just, really? He thankfully had a car, he, you know, we'd only had a motorcycle at the time. He had a car, he used his car to help teach the class. He literally drew all the tools on the board, and all the motor parts on the board. He was a great artist, and that's how he taught our first class. And, um, and we started like that humbly and God's been faithful. He's obviously built the ministry up since that time. Um, one of the things we learned is that living with God requires faith. It's, a, it's about starting the program, starting the process. I love that the church didn't ask you guys if you were willing to volunteer for clothesline before they decided that clothesline should be a part of the church. That's, that's what living in the kingdom is about. It's about seeing the need or seeing the vision and what God's doing and so you start moving on it. They went and gathered all those clothes for you guys. And they're already here. And they're going, it's going to be a part. This is what God wants. And this is what he's doing. And we, we believe that everything we need is going to come after. The volunteers are going to come after. That's exactly how we started the ministry. Um, I should say, the ministry ended that semester. Uh, we didn't even finish. We closed down for nine months because we ran out of money, ran out of funds. Our teachers quit, and, and our students did too. And I couldn't figure out why. I said, what happened? And it took nine months for me to finally hear God His answer. But he said, Brian, I have technical schools. He goes, they're all over the place. And he goes, what I don't have is a ministry. He goes, I really want a ministry where I get to be a teacher and I get to talk. And, I, and I, I had, there's space for me to meet people. And, uh, and so when we opened again, then we were a ministry. We still did the technical classes, but our vision had completely changed, and our center was changed. Our center became nothing, nothing less and nothing more than Jesus. And, uh, and, the, and the idea is, is that the people that come to the ministry, they come for English, they come for mechanics, they come for welding, sewing, or computers, and then whether they realize it or not, at some point, they're gonna meet God and he's gonna show them this was not a mistake I actually called you into this place because I have a purpose I have hope I have life abundant I have amazing blessings for you and they get to hear Jesus invite them into the extraordinary life that all of us already experience and uh, so we had to give you a little idea so we've been running at capacity I believe it's our capacity because it's been almost the same number for the last three or four years which is almost 150 students between 150 or 130, 150 students every semester come through our doors and, and study in those classes. And this year, we had 22 receive Jesus. And uh, yeah, and so many more of them. Uh, they they either know Jesus and they and they received uh, a miracle, or they received answer to their prayer, or they had direction in their life, but. I think almost hands down, I mean, we have so many testimonies uh, that the students share with us of how God is working in their life because of the, the specifically because of their presence uh, in the ministry and their involvement with us. So it's a real blessing to be with them. And I have photographs for you guys to see. So that's me and Joel way back when. 2005 is when we were doing the documentary and, and we started construct, uh, construction on the buildings. And 2006 was when I moved down. 2007's when I cut my surfer hair. <laughs> you can go to the next one. This was the first day that we did the block laying ceremony. And, and if you see there, we actually have all the church leaders, local church leaders, and we have the city leaders with us as well on that day. And everybody wore a Coca-Gracias shirt, which was fun. And here's some pictures of the welding class. And I put the welding class first because C1 has... Uh, the largest connection with our class. You guys have sponsored twice now uh, the desk project, um, which if you can imagine, I mean I know you can imagine how it's how it's helped the churches have furniture and have uh, have these desks so they can work with the children, but for the ministry it's been a huge blessing because uh, it's given us hours and hours of work with the students that they can practice their welding with uh, these desks. And, uh, and it's also allowed me to give jobs to everyone for a few months while we're shut down and we don't have classes going on. So thank you for that. And they're currently making another 80 desks for you right now. Um, and these are a few other pictures of the mechanic class. That's our second level, uh, second level group that's down there with the, with the teacher. Our teacher, Dennis, is new this year and an answer to prayer. You can go to the next one, sewing class. Um, the, the southern, how is it? SWID, Southwest Indiana District, came down in April and they helped us start our second level construction. And they finished the remodel for this classroom, the, the sewing class, and so after you guys came and actually did everything I couldn't do, they were able to move in and, and start using it. This is the class that I teach. Um, and there's, we, act, we have more English classes than any other classes, because this year I think we had, uh, I had around 95 students in English. Um, so it's very popular. And then the computer class is taught by Don Will, who is the guy who designed the hinge mechanism for the desks that you guys have ordered. Um, very brilliant man, and he runs our computer lab. And these are photos just so you can see then and now, which I, I always, I thought it was fun when I actually discovered the folder from 2010 or whatever. But uh, you can look at the patio. That was our old computer class. That's what it looks like now. And then I put Haiti in. Haiti is one of our, our adopted kids in Honduras. And that's how she was many years ago. And now you can see her today. Um, but we do a lot of, we want to build community with, with the students. Um, We want to get involved with them more than just their studies, be involved with their family, be involved with their friends, with their kids, uh, anything that we can do. And these are some of the activities we do. We've done some things just in between classes. We do a tent sale every year. Um, We do the Bible studies. And then I think there's another slide. And we do the graduation party, which when I asked God, how do we build community? He said, throw a party and throw it really big, and when he told me that, we had no funds, we had no way to even do it, and I said, okay. And, uh, and we got the funds, and we've never put it in the budget, but we always have enough. And uh, currently, if, if we go to the July graduation party, we take 300 people to a water park, and we, do, we graduate the students that, that have finished their courses, and it's a two-year course, um, and, and Rena feeds everybody this fantastic chicken, chicken dinner. And, and then we play, and we give space to God, and there's, there's a prayer time, there's preaching, there's worship, um, and we have the privilege of blessing the families and friends of all our students on that day. Um, you went past the graduates. Well, that's okay. Keep going. Those are our eight graduates from this year, and this is a photograph of the ministry, the student body. You can keep going. We have two worship services that we started in the, in the ministry, and that came out of the need that we saw with the people, and, and, and God asking me, do a, do a worship service, Brian. And uh, so we've been doing that faithfully for the last four years, and we just started a second service. So we did Wednesday nights, and now we're doing Wednesday and Sunday. And I have students who have now grown up, one of them that's, been, that's being baptized there, and they're now leading uh, the worship service while I'm here. And... Every week they're telling me, God showed up, it was amazing, and, and, and I'm like, ah, I want to be there. <laughs> I want to listen, but I'm so proud of them. And this is Pastor Juan Garza, so if you spend some time with us, you'll find that Pastor Juan Garza, he's one of the pastors in Puerto Cortez at the Nazarene Church up in the mountains. He has been our longtime ministry partner, and, uh, and he's, he's like the other half of CoCal. So Coca Gracias, which is our nonprofit that we use here in the States and how everybody identifies us, Supports Ministerio La Voz and our family and it supports pastor Juan and his church up in the mountains two churches that he has in the mountains and All of their ministries as well And we have a few photos because we we do receive teams during the year Uh, Mission teams come and they serve at the ministry and we always take them up to pastor Juan's village as well to serve Um, We've done constructions uh, we built this house in, in the community for one of the ladies in, around the, the ministry. And we've also been working on this expansion from 2017, which, which the Southern Indiana District was involved in. And there's a picture of it now. That's what it looks like right now. So second level, we went up. We tore out the our old welding shop, and we built on the second level, and we have that sanctuary space. And that was our first service that we had in there uh, this year. So we still need the interior done and all that stuff but we're going to get there. Um, but that's not going to stop us from using it now. And we had Thanksgiving up there and we tested the you know the load bearing of the structure. We had 110 people up there for Thanksgiving and we didn't fall. So I'm really excited about that. <laughs> and it was really good. Um, I think after this Hello, there's two my two name videos
3: am 20 years
2: old. There's two videos of students and, and their testimony. So Josue and Cecia both graduated in English this year. Um, and I'll let you tell them. But just bear in mind that when I asked them to do the, the testimony, I said, I need a testimony from you guys. Can you, can you do this? And they're like, what? And I didn't give them any time to prepare a plan, and they've never done anything like that. So if they get a little frozen or whatever, I don't know. But it's good. Watch it.
3: Hello, my name is Josué Gonzalez. I'm 20 years old. I have studied here in this ministry for three years and I and I I am deeply honored to be part of this ministry ever, ever since I came here. When I was in first level, I used to be a shy person. I didn't talk with nobody. And and now I just graduated in December and I could build a relationship with others and before MLB I didn't go to church and I didn't, I, my mom didn't tell me anything about Jesus so I came to this ministry and I heard God's word and because of those Bible study a friend of mine took me to a Christian camp, and I accepted Jesus as my Savior. And I'm really happy to follow Him. And thank for, thank you for everything that you you have done for the ministry.
4: Hi, my name is Cecilia Rios. I am 23 years old. I have studied in Ministerio Voz for a year and a half. Since I came here, I knew that it was a different academy for scholars because it has Bible studies. I remember my first Bible study and teacher Brian was preaching that day and he asked us two very deep questions. and They were, how was my relationship with God and what I was doing to improve it. My relationship with God was not very good. and These questions touched my heart and my mind and a few months later something happened to me that caused my trust in God to get stronger than ever. Teacher Brian was preaching again and he invited Mario who is a guy with a talent that 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 God gave him and he prayed for me and also drew a picture of a girl who was crying and that girl was me. I knew that God wanted to tell me something and he wanted to tell me that I was not alone. My relationship with with God now has improved a lot and I want to say thank you to all of you for happy part of my improvement, and also for my English because I got a new job this year, and I know that it was for my English, and I am so happy and thankful, and thank you for helping the ministry. Hi, my
2: name. That's it. There's more, but there's no time. So, um. You know, when I get to visit a church, I, I count it as, as an opportunity that God is placing me there because he has a word for the church, or, or there's some way that I want to bless you guys as well. And every time I was praying about you guys this week, the word that came to me was authenticity. And, um, and so I did this really long study. I spent three days writing you the most amazing sermon, and I got it on six pages. But I only have five minutes now, so... <laughs> but. I started at authenticity, and then I, and then I thought, I'm going to preach about love, and so I, you know, I wrote the six pages about God's love. And then this morning, I woke up, and I came right back to authenticity. And, um, you know, and, I, and I just happened to have this shirt that I just bought in San Diego at the thrift store, and it says Vans on it. And then right below Vans, it says authentic. And I thought, isn't that funny? I mean, how many copies of Vans are there that they have to actually say, this is the authentic shirt, you know, for $2 at the store? So. Um, but that's such an important thing to us, and it's such an important thing in, in the world and in the community, is, is authenticity. Is this real? Is this, does this really work? Is this from the origin? Um, are you genuine? And I, and I think the world looks at us as Christians uh, asking that very thing, um, and unfortunately, being a Christian is so good, we got lots of copies. <laughs> and they have to sift through those. And, uh, and they're looking for authenticity. I, I believe everybody is looking for the authentic God and the authentic uh, way, you know? And we have that. We are the authenticity. Everything else is a shadow. Everything else is a copy. And God has left us here um, as his authentic, original design and plan. Uh, that we get to live out for others, and and I believe I believe that C1 is already doing that, um, and I believe that's why God put that on my heart, because He sees your authenticity, and and that's attractive. Authenticity is attractive, you know. In Honduras, we got we we have all these products, and when you and you can buy them, they're really cheap and they all say Gucci, they all say Puma and Adidas and everything but they fall apart like within a month because they're not authentic. And having the real product in Honduras differentiates because it costs, you know, 20 times more than the other one. Um, but it, it, it's proven, you know, you put those Adidas shoes on, they last 10 times longer, you'll have them for years. Uh, they feel different, they're comfortable. Um, people can identify authenticity. And so I asked the Lord, you know, well, what is it to be an authentic Christian? What, what do we do? And he led me to um, Corinthians. Where did I write it? Oh, I put it on the back. Sorry. It's Second uh, Corinthians 6.4. And 6.4 says it's Paul writing. And he says with that word, he says, as servants, we prove ourselves authentic in every way. And I don't want to read it to you because we don't have time, but read it afterwards because he has a section where he actually talks about his ministry. And he goes through step by step all the things that make his ministry authentic. And I reduce them down, and I'll just read the list really quick. It says, endurance and hardship, hope and stress and calamity, purity of lifestyle, spiritual insight, patience, kindness, truthful teaching, power, joy, and faithfulness. Those are the characteristics that Paul said identify the authenticity of his, of his ministry. And I don't know if you're like me, but if I read that list and, you know, 10, ten things you got to remember and do every day, that's like, ah, really? That's just so much. But since I was reading, and, and maybe God, is, you know, maybe that's why I did this, but since I was reading about love for you guys, I went to the love chapter in 1 Corinthians in 13, and, and I'm sure everybody knows the love chapter, right, where, where you have the definition of love. I want to read it to you and just see what you think. I read the the definition of love and I thought I'm going to do the same thing that I did about Paul's ministry. I'm going to make little notes about, about the characteristics of love. And it says, love endures hardship, love is kind, it thinks of others, it rejoices, it speaks truth, it hopes, it's pure, it never fails, and it is patient. And you can't see it, but I wrote down... I wrote them down together. They're the same list. This very same characteristics of love are the characteristics that made Paul's ministry authentic. And so if I could just sum it up, being an authentic Christian is all about your love. And if we learn to love the way Jesus loves, then there'll be no doubt who you're connected to. And I had a verse about the way Jesus loves because he said, if you love just those who, are, you know, who, who you enjoy and who are kind to you, what is that? That's how the world loves. So that's 0% love is loving everybody who's nice to you and you enjoy. And then God's love is everything on top of that. And if you read the love chapter, it says that love is not, it's not a gift that God gives us, and it's not something that he uh, that we, that, that we are born with when we were spiritually born with him. The love chapter says love is learned. And in Colossians, Paul says that the maturity of a Christian is seen by their love. That is the mark of maturity. And when we were born in Christ, everybody was born with the one purpose, and that was to grow. Nothing is birthed without, without that purpose. In fact, if people are born without growth, we start thinking there's a problem. If you're not growing in some way, it's like, okay, what's going on? You would call all the doctors, right? And that's the same thing with our spiritual life. God has birthed us spiritually so that we can grow. And what are we growing into? We're growing into the love of Christ. So authentic Christianity is loving the way that Christ loved. And I guarantee people will notice. The world will notice. And the world is noticing. I've already noticed the love that C1 Church has. And it just amazes me. I, I'm thinking, man, this church has it all together. I want to come here and learn. <laughs> So I, I just, I'm thankful, and I want that to be an encouragement to you guys. Um, keep living out your love, because it's working, and you're changing Columbus, and you're not changing just Columbus, you're changing Honduras, and I'm sure you're not just changing Honduras, I'm sure you're changing all sorts of places around this world, because that's what authentic love does. It's so attractive, and it just, it just brings people in. So I wanted to bless you guys. Let me pray for you. Um, Father, thank you so much for this church. Thank you for their authentic love. Thank you that their ministry is marked by all these characteristics, God. And I I know that they will be faithful to continue. Thank you for their leadership and their staff that has produced this this learning in them. God, we pray for more learning still. Father, your word says that you are carrying us to the perfection of love. Um, So I just bless that on C1 Church right now. I bless... uh, their pastorship. I bless the leadership, every ministry that they're involved in. Father, thank you for the new ministry they're just taking on. Thank you for the volunteers that you've already called to be a part of it. And thank you for them stepping out on faith and already seeing that you will be faithful in that. Um, so we just bless all the families that they're going to now be able to reach and touch through this clothing uh, donations thing. Thank you for the children's daycares that they run and that huge, huge leap of faith, uh, step of faith that they, they take every week with those young lives, God. Um, just thank you for that and we bless him in Jesus name. Amen.